Outlaw. And you listen to the 80 Baby Podcast. And we're back with more from the spring quarter. The uh, last week we dropped our thoughts on the albums that came out from March, April, May from the appropriate years. But we wanted to come with a bonus episode today just dedicated to all the moments that we didn't have enough time to discuss on the previous episode. Right. So I guess we can get right into Drake's Nice for What? When he released that, that was right around the same time that Cardi B released Invasion of Privacy. Mm-hmm. And I just remember there was a, it was a really big thing. I was going through Instagram and on the stories, I saw pictures of the Invasion of Privacy and all the tracks that people liked. And then I saw numerous memes of mm-hmm. Drake and the Nice for What. Right. Big moment. What are your thoughts? I mean, I don't have a lot of thoughts just because this wasn't really made for me. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I respect what it is. I think it puts it a lot more in context now that we we understand this, this rollout that Drake is, is doing with right. the, uh, you know with the son and the whole nine. You know Drake is a is a master chess player. You know when he put it out, I was like I I felt like I knew I knew he had an angle, and I think people just were like yo you're just a hater. So <laughs> I just kept my thoughts to myself. I mean it's fine. You know you sample you sample Lauryn Hill, you Lauren put Hill. it over a New Orleans bounce. I mean cool. Have you been out while this song has been on? Yes. What's your take on it there? Like, what do you the think? The ladies about love it? it. Yeah. I like it when it comes on. I yeah. sing along too. Yeah, ladies love it. Uh, the only interesting thing I want to bring up is with the video. I loved most of the ladies that I saw in there. Uh, okay. I'm a big, big fan of uh, Olivia Wilde. Uh, she's the first actress that you see. She's known as a, as a pretty face, but she's a talented actress as well. But the main one that I was kind of curious about was Michelle Rodriguez shows up near the oh, end. That's right. And. She has said some questionable all lives matter things in the past. Oh, I'm not sure if she has recently, but she definitely said some comments that I was kind of surprised to hear her make. Okay. And because of that, I was kind of surprised to hear Drake in this video. But who knows? She may have re- retracted from him. I'm not going to repeat what they are because okay. I don't need to spread gossip like that. But I was just surprised to see her face. Yeah. So, but right around the same time that we had Drake dropping nice for what and we had cardi b dropping invasion of privacy mm-hmm. we had beyonce perform at coachella which yeah. became hashtag baychella yeah and this was all over the place yeah it was everywhere i, I still haven't seen the whole thing but well, um i'm not sure if you're able to it's no longer on youtube live and it's not on at least the last time i checked it wasn't on you probably have to get title but I don't even think it's on there anymore. I don't know. Yeah. But I saw <laughs> bits and pieces of it here and there, and it completely changed my opinion about Beyonce. Mm. Yeah. Well, yo, shout out to my girl, Didi Amai. Yo, she uh, is now known as Baton Bay. Um, <laughs> she is uh, a Nigerian choreographer, dancer, who's also now coming out as an artist. Her profile has upped majorly since appearing you know with, with Beyonce and you know, being called Baton Bay so shout out to her it's things like that which is why I have such great respect for what Beyonce did you I, said like, it was like the blackest performance that you ever seen or something like well that. I didn't say all that but look I'm not gonna be in the Bayhive I'm not a stand for Beyonce and my thoughts on the music itself don't really change I mean I don't necessarily see her as a musical innovator the way some of these other musical icons are. You know, I don't see her changing music the way that Prince did or Ray Charles did or Stevie or any any artist like that. But at the same time, like none of that really matters to me now. I remember when she came out with Lemonade and before that she came out with a single formation. And there were a few critics for folks who are not in the Bayhive 
who were, and this was even women that I was hearing, you know, women who are not in the Bayhive. Uh, is it Beehive or Bayhive? Beehive. Beehive. All right, so women who are not in the Beehive. And they were saying that, look, right now, you know, Beyonce is kind of hopping on the trend of being very pro-black. That's in right now. And if you look at her career, she's been kind of more pop mainstream friendly. And I was kind of skeptical about that at first, but I think now it's clear to me that she is someone who went that route, got mm. to a certain status, and now that she has the status as being unapologetically black, mm. and I am here for it 100%. Yeah, I mean, dude, she's saying lift every voice and sing. Like, you, you don't really get more black than that. Same with Jay. Like, I think both have kind of evolved and are really trying to use their platform, you know, to spread, mm -hmm. spread the message for underrepresented minorities. And I've heard a lot of, like, really positive praise here. I also really thought it was dope that she kind of highlighted HBCU mm -hmm. band culture. Yeah. And then she went on to also use it to advertise for a scholarship for HBCUs. So I have nothing but praise. I, I think for me, too, one of the things I really like is that Beyonce has fans everywhere. Mm -hmm. And, like, I, I even have some friends in Nigeria who are big fans of Beyonce who haven't always been too respectful of like black American culture in terms mm. of you know, like, yeah, they got hip hop and stuff, but didn't necessarily know about all the things that African-Americans did in the United States, you know? And with this concert, like she's bringing that to the world. So mm. now everyone gets to see yeah. culture that is, you know, probably Step culture. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and things that weren't necessarily applauded before. Now people get to listen to them. And even if, you know, these white kids are Coachella, you know, they're there and they think mm -hmm. it's cool. Like, oh, look, I'm hip. Whatever. It's a Doc, step in the right direction. That is the number one takeaway for me. My number one favorite thing about this is that a bunch of fucking white <laughs> suburbanite rich kids came expecting to just go and be like oh yeah dude like this one dj is gonna play and then we're gonna we're gonna get high and then they got there and beyonce was like sit your ass down i'm gonna teach y'all some shit and just made them sit through the blackest performance i i tell you what though <laughs> i'm a fan of that yo i need to see <laughs> the entire show i hope at some point it becomes available for yeah. mass consumption yeah because I have a feeling if it hasn't already, it's going to go down as one of the greatest live performances ever. I mean, it's yeah. going to go down there. When we talk about Prince's halftime at the Super Bowl, mm -hmm. playing Purple Rain in the rain, yeah. or we talk about uh, Michael Jackson, the 93 Super yeah. Bowl halftime, or oh, the, the Motown 25 tribute where he broke out with the moonwalk and broke the yeah, world, yeah. right? Like, I can see this going down as one of those performances Dope. so Dope. shout out to beyonce shout yeah. out to all the beyonce stands look i'm not the saying hivers, yo. i'm not saying i'm a stand for her music i probably will have yo, some outlaws a secret hiver <laughs> i will have some critical opinions about her music as i try to stay objective he's a, he's a sleeper cell yeah but i am a fan of hers going forward i am rooting for her and yeah, she's dope. So yeah. the next big thing we got to talk about is Kendrick Lamar winning a Pulitzer Prize. Such a big deal. Yeah. I didn't know that they did this for music. I didn't either. And you're the one who wanted to include this on the list. So do you hopefully have some more details about this than I do? I mean, I really don't. You know, the one thing I wanted to say about it is that it's interesting. Kendrick Lamar has much material that has so many more layers and is just so much more culturally profound mm -hmm. than the damn album that it's interesting that he won it for the damn album 
but um, I kind of agree. But I still just think it's really, really dope. Like, I think if you're gonna give it to somebody who's a mainstream artist, there's no, really no better rap artist than Kendrick to give this to. So Maybe my question Cole. is, do you think that he got it because of the name and because it's the mm-hmm. in thing to do, or do you think he actually got it for the quality of work? And I ask that mm-hmm. specifically because you think there's probably other albums in his catalog that deserved it more than this one. I think that To Pimp a Butterfly should have won a Pulitzer Prize. Okay. And so this might have been a makeup call, but if you look at like the Grammys and everything, they're always a year behind. Yeah. They're always, you know, Kendrick loses one and then the next year he wins 10. Yeah. Like it's like they're a year behind. Everybody comes in and is like, yo, what the fuck? You guys messed up. And then they come and they make up for it. So this I think is if we really want to talk about what the Pulitzer Prize is supposed to be. There's probably multiple hip-hop albums that should have won a Pulitzer Prize. And so whoever it was on the board of people who pick who gets Pulitzer Prizes, somebody pushed and said, we're going to give a hip-hop album Pulitzer Prize. And whoever that person or group of people is, are, I have a lot of respect for them because it's an institution that a lot of people feel should be a certain way or look a certain way. And there are people that are very upset that this happened. And it's something is that, is that me, it's, as in white tears upset? Yeah. Okay. And it's hashtag white tears. And and it's something that I think it, the wall has now been pushed down. Yeah. So maybe we see a little bit more representation in, in that body. If you could give a retroactive Pulitzer Prize award to three albums off the top of your head, could you do it? Dang. I don't know that I could do it. I could, could definitely you? do it for one. Right. Uh, Ice Cube's Predator. Okay. Definitely. Or one of those albums in his early catalog yeah, for me the yeah, one uh, is predator okay that's the one i would give it to i would think maybe i don't know i really like most that black on both sides i'm not sure mm-hmm. if it's pulitzer prize material though it actually might be <sighs> yeah yeah maybe maybe most that black on both sides and i'm trying to think if there's another one off the top of my head i mean i would think something from nas right maybe maybe illmatic you know nah. Well, the reason why I would say Illmatic is that, uh, did you see the Illmatic... Per- the movie? Yeah, did you see that? Are you talking about the movie or the, the live performance? The live performance. Did you watch um, it? I just saw clips of it. You saw I posted something. I saw the whole thing. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. I Look, I thought that the album itself is obviously really, really dope, but to see, you know, the National Symphony Orchestra right. interpret some of the beats the way it did, I mean, the highlight right. is obviously The World Is Yours, but to see that orchestra do what they did to Pete Rock's beat yeah. was amazing. Have um, you seen A Sweet for Dilla, though? No, I haven't. Yeah, that shit's crazy. It's equally crazy. All right. It's like they're them reinterpreting like Dilla records, and I think at the early ones, I think Questlove was like one of the directors. Oh, was it? And they just had like the orchestra playing like all these Dilla okay. I think it's actually called A Sweet for My Dukes okay yeah, I'm gonna have to go and check that out for those who are unfamiliar I think that this concert actually happened either last year or the year before it happened a while ago how uh, long ago was it? It, it was not this year it must have been last year okay. and I think that they yeah. just now the, the Kennedy Center just now released it, it. Yeah. but yeah go through and definitely watch the whole thing they kind of like document Nas's early life how Illmatic comes together and then it's just him on stage with this huge orchestra band there's even a DJ there scratching it up and he's there in his tuxedo and just it's kind of dope like to think that 
you know, this album released 1994 would just hit such a, a stage to do that because that's what it was. I think it was mm-hmm. for the 25 years. Yeah. Um, so that would be, wait, hold on. Was it 20? No, it was a 20 year. So 20 year, okay. 20 year. So it would be 2014 is when that concert happened. Right. And they were just now putting that out. So, okay. Yeah. Going back to Kendrick Lamar real quick, mm-hmm. uh, one of the things we need to talk about is this thing happened where he pulls the Becky on stage right. and she starts blabbing off with the N-word and all so, this right, stuff. Go ahead and, and narrate. Or you want me to narrate? How I happened? actually didn't look at it because uh, I okay. I right. came up with my opinion about it right away. And then I was like, I don't need to, to hear this. I'll just look at the commentary and I'll come back later. So yeah. go ahead. Why don't you narrate? So Kendrick Lamar is doing a performance. It's a huge, you know, huge crowd here he's performing to. And he gets ready to do one of his records. I want to say it was like backseat freestyle or something. Okay. And um, he pulls, you know, a girl up on stage that says, you know, I, I really know the song. I really know the song, dude, whatever. So he pulls her up on stage and she starts, you know, rapping. And I mean, you know, she's fine for the first bar or two, but it's a record that's like, you know, my nigga, like it says like nigga, like four times. Mm-hmm. And, um, she says it and i think the first time you kind of see his face where he's like okay and then she says it again and then he's like whoa whoa and the dj you know reels it back or whatever and people just start booing the whole crowd's like, boo they boo you her know? they boo him they're booing her okay and then he goes yo yo like you can't say that word uh-huh. and then she's like uh what do you mean dude like i'm not cool like whatever and he's like yo you you he's like you can rap the the song but you gotta bleep that word and she's like oh man you know i promise i know i know it i know it and everybody's booing her and so then he's like what do you think should i give her another chance and the crowd's like booing her like nah so he's like all right i'll give you another chance so then he um he plays it again so she gets there and the first time she skips it second time she almost says it and then he just cuts the music. And, all right, all right, thank you, thank you, thank you. And he just like puts it back out in the crowd. Do you think it was staged? I don't. And other people okay. have said that they thought it was. All right. I, I don't know. You haven't seen it, so you I haven't have seen it. I'm curious what you think about mm-hmm. the reaction to it. I think the reaction is to be expected, right? I've seen more people say he shouldn't say the word if right. he doesn't want other people to exactly. see, say it than I have. She shouldn't have said that word. So. Which goes back to our episode right. about this, and right? So previously, I have stated that I don't like using that word around white people. Mm-hmm. I try to avoid it when possible. Now, all that said, I am not going to tell any artist, particularly a black musician, how to express themselves, mm-hmm. right? Like, mm-hmm. I may disagree with something, and if I have disagreements about it, I'll voice them and... Maybe I'll have critiques with, with about how something is being received, mm-hmm. but I'm definitely not going to tell a black musician that he cannot use the word, mm-hmm. right? And I think that when it comes to expression, you shouldn't have to apologize for it. Right. Um, you shouldn't have to make your music uh, safe for other people. Right? Agreed wholeheartedly. That being said, though, I think that there's a difference between art, and I think that, like, look, I disagree with people who say that he shouldn't use the word at all. Not because I don't think that he should, but for their reasonings. Mm. Their reasons, I was like, oh, well, if you don't want white people to say it, then no one should say the word. And I think that Mm. that's a little, 
intellectually lazy and i don't think it takes the full context into consideration but what i will say in defense of people who hold that viewpoint right that i think that if you are a person who uses the word a lot particularly around unapologetically around white people what you need to understand is that even if they're processing things in a way that they shouldn't you can't then be surprised or be outraged I think when they turn around and use it, right? Hmm. At some point, your your intellectual mind needs to tap in and say, like, what did you expect them to do? You know, and even if they shouldn't do it, Bleep right? It. But what I'm saying is that people don't think that way, right? Man, my this is my issue. I'm tired of white people wanting to own everything. Sure. Like, and this is like literally just like some gentrification shit. Like, it's mm-hmm. like, well, if, if they can do it, we, I, I want the word, no, you know, like, that's not like, what I'm saying. I think honestly, you know, first of all, I don't think that this little girl did this on purpose right. and I don't feel this vitriol towards this girl. I mm-hmm. think all the backlash that she got immediately there was the feedback that she needed. Mm-hmm. And hopefully this can be a teachable moment. Sure. Right. But, um. Yeah, dog. Like, if I can bleep it, I, I rap songs sure. around my parents. Absolutely. And I wasn't saying nigga, nigga in front right. of my parents. So, like, if I can do that, then anybody can do that. But that's not the point that I'm saying. Okay. I'm not trying to justify them using the word. I don't think they should use it, mm-hmm. right? Unless you're using it in an academic sense, talking about, hey, people use this word in this way, right? right? There's no reason for you to repeat it. If you're quoting someone in a lyric, there's no reason for white people to use this word. Mm -hmm. What I am saying, though, is that in this capacity with Mm -hmm. this woman on stage, for us to be shocked that she would say this or outraged is almost like, come on, guys. Like, what did you expect? Right. I think I'll I'll challenge you a little bit just in that. Like, I think there's different ways that you can use the word to where it's a feature like lazily versus mm-hmm. you're using it in such a way that this is how I talk. I'll give you a really good example, right? Trinidad James came out. Mm-hmm. Dude was like a caricature of himself, yeah. right? Like he looked like Jerome, but he was serious, right. right? He put out a song where he just says, nigga, 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 nigga in the chorus, right? Mm-hmm. He already looked like a fucking clown. Right. White people love that shit. They <laughs> immediately embraced it like, oh yeah, well, he's saying it. It's right. like, well, I mean, he's a fucking clown. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like. Whereas I think in this in this case where we're talking about Kendrick Lamar, I don't think he's just out here just saying nigga nigga just you know because it's fun. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I, I think that there, I, there's a distinction. My issue make there. isn't with the art itself, right? Okay. I am actually kind of. I don't want to say I'm disappointed in him. I would love to hear why he brought her on stage, mm-hmm. had her rap, and thought that she would actually bleep it out on her own. Yeah, I. That's that's kind of my issue. My issue, because I agree with you, is that he should have picked a different song if he was gonna pr- bring any random person yeah. on. If you have a song that you're vehemently saying this word, and you know you know your music, right? Like that wasn't the song to bring a white person on the stage to show, hey, you know, everybody loves my music. Look, yeah. like. Bring them on for Keisha's song or something. I don't know. It's a record that's, you know, more heartfelt than maybe. I don't know. Like I said, I don't want to censor black people when it comes to this word. Y'all, like, it's not my place to do that, particularly because, like, I'm a passable dude myself. So mm-hmm. maybe I shouldn't even use the word, right? But I do think, though, that if you're going to use the word as relaxed as we often do in mm-hmm. certain settings, Even Mm. though white people shouldn't use that word in public spaces, right? And Mm. what I mean by public, I mean that, look, there are definitely certain black people, Mm. individuals Mm. who are comfortable with certain white people and they don't mind their white friends using that word, right? I disagree with that, but that's them 
whatever. So when I mean public, I mean when you're not around your close black right, friends right, right, right. who know you and are tight with you, right? Mm-hmm. I think that if we are going to use this word as relaxed as we do around them mm. to then turn around, even if they're wrong for saying it and being surprised that they say it, yeah. I think that we need to think about it a little bit more. So that mm-hmm. the, now I'm not, I'm not saying that, hey, you know, don't use the word. You know, if they can't use it. We, like, look, that's, that's not what I'm saying at look, all. Look, so hip hop is giving white people access to, and I shouldn't say white people, giving privileged people access in many ways to an existence that they don't have, right? right? A lifestyle that they don't understand. And they are they are a guest to that. Mm-hmm. And so if they can't handle understanding that this is something that you're watching from the outside, but you are not a part of it, then just don't don't interact with it. If you can't listen to hip hop without saying nigga, don't listen to hip hop. So no, that's fair. Sorry. That's fair. Like I said, yeah. I'm not apologizing for, for white people here. I'm mm. not doing that at all. I'm just saying that like don't be surprised when you hear them say it. Is my is my only thing, and yeah, I mean you can be be outraged, react the way you want to do Mm. it, but if this is a topic where you actually want to engage on the topic with some critical thinking, Mm -hmm. I don't think that the immediate response should be outraged without any kind of explanation. Right, right. Like be prepared to articulate the points very well. That's fair. That's 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 it's kind of what what Carlos's point was when we had the 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 discussion of the N Mm -hmm. word, where he basically was like any position that you take, you're kind of, you know, on, on a slippery yeah. slope. The last point here before we wrap it up is uh, Andre 3000 has some new music. Have you yeah. heard it? Not really. I think it's worth mentioning just because it's Andre 3000. He's right. one of my favorite MCs. Yep. Uh, he's in my elite tier and I have a great deal of respect for him. He put out two songs and one is called Me and My, which he's actually vocalizing on. It's like the other one, bury, bury your parents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's going. talking about yeah. he's talking about his mom and his dad. And for those who don't know, he lost both of his parents. And I don't mm-hmm. think he always had the best relationship, at least with his dad. Okay. I think. But it's very like kind of melancholy. The other one, he's got this track where it's like 17 minutes long. It's called Look Ma No Hands, mm-hmm. and he's actually playing. I think it's like the oboe. Okay. And look, in terms of me and my, from a musical perspective, the thing that kind of annoyed me about it is it, it sounds just the chord progression sounds like Elton John's Benny and the Jets. Mm. And but I mean it was okay. The look my no hands, I listened to it one time. I don't need to revisit it. I just wanted to hear what Andre 3000 sounded like yes. playing an oboe. I thought it was a, a very bold move for him to do that. Um, but at the same time, like that particular instrument, I always identify it with duke ellington's far east suite which is an amazing colorful album and so it's, it's an unfair comparison obviously right <laughs> but i'm just saying listening the point is listening to andre 3000 attempt jazz and actually play the instrument was, was it good like was it, or did it sound like little wayne playing the guitar like was it in terms of other music that i've heard in that realm no it's not good but at the same time i respect him for trying and it's better than anything i could do with that instrument mm. and so I, I applaud him for doing that but uh, yeah, if you're a fan of his, if you want to hear some experimental stuff, go check that out. I'm definitely going to check it out just out of respect to, to Andre. But I think in this situation, I said, oh, new music by Andre. Oh, this isn't what I wanted Andre to record. <laughs> exactly. Okay, I'm not going to listen to this. The, the point worth mentioning here, though, is that I don't even think Andre really wants to make music like that. Yeah. I mean, he's he's been on record several times saying that in the future he hopes he's not rapping anymore. Yeah. So, and I, I respect, respect that. that. Yeah. I definitely respect that. I mean, one of the... 
key things I always talk about when it comes to artists who've been in the game for a long time is I want them to grow. Yeah. I don't want them to sound the same. Like people say, like, oh, you know, I want the old Jay Z. I don't want the old Jay Z. I want some new shit. Yeah. You know, and if I don't as long like as the it's new not shit, Blueprint fine. Three. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> but and if I don't like it, I don't like it. But I at least yeah. want it. And and if it gets to the point where you're consistently not putting out new things that I like, then I won't listen to you anymore. Yeah, yeah. But I always want the artist to grow because that's what artists are supposed to do. Right. So. I think that should wrap it up for our moments. So if you missed the one we were talking about, a bunch of the albums that came out, that was last week. And yeah, that should pretty much wrap it up. Peace. Peace. So yeah, what do you think about your Bulls, man? Uh, I honestly was um, a little perplexed. Well, first of all, I was a little saddened just because I loved Mo Bamba. Oh man, I was talking about that. Oh yeah, you guys were one pick away. And we were one pick away. And then who got picked 21st? I there stopped was, watching after the Wizards did what they did. There was did. another pick that was <laughs> the exact pick that I wanted as well. And that person got picked 21st, and then we had the 22nd pick. The guy that we got with the 22nd pick from Boise State, I wasn't familiar with him. Mm-hmm. But I watched his highlights. He seems like a Zach Levine, okay. and it seems like we're going to get rid of Zach Levine. It's um, probably for which the is better. Probably, yeah, it might be for the better. And then I actually like like the kid from Duke now. I mean, I... Oh, Wendell Carter? Yeah. At first, I wasn't yeah. super impressed with him. The game that impressed me was I went back and I watched highlights of DeAndre Ayton versus uh, Wendell Carter. Uh-huh. I don't know if you've seen it. Uh-uh. But um, they were two, like, big prospects coming out of Atlanta. And they played a game a year and some change ago. Oh, uh, they, okay. Their, their teams played against each other. And... Um, Oh yeah, Grayson, Grayson. The reason, the reason, oh, Grayson I, Allen. The yeah. reason, oh, you guys got Grayson Allen? No, 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 no we, the we didn't. Did. The Jazz oh, got. Him. First of all, I hate Grayson Allen. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. But a, <laughs> um, I've decided to be fully committed to the Bulls rebuild. Okay. And unfortunately, Hoiberg's our guy. He has a certain way that he coaches. He can only coach certain types of players in a certain system. Grayson Allen fits that system perfectly. Yeah. It's it's unfortunate because I don't like the kid, but he fits the system perfectly. And when when he came up on the board, I was like, I hope they don't get him 21st because the Bulls really wanted him. Yeah. And yeah. they told him they wanted him. That 3 and D guy. And, um, yeah. yeah. I mean, and, and that's what we, that's how we play. You yeah, know? yeah. Um, But, but we didn't get him. We got this other kid, super athletic, a lot of upside. I'm, I'm hoping, I'm hoping, you know, he, he pops off um, because, you know, Levine is probably going to go. Yep. Hopefully not, but probable also the Bulls put themselves in the LeBron stakes um, you know, so you know, uh, I mean, I you guys want LeBron? I don't want. I haven't heard that, but but I'm hearing I'm hearing that you know the, the, a lot of analysts are saying, and and it's actually true. I think that the Bulls are one of the best suited teams for what LeBron is looking for. Maybe. I agree with that, but I I don't want them. But yeah, I, going back and, and looking at the DeAndre Ayton versus uh, Wendell Carter uh, matchup, I like him. He's he's a hard worker. He understands the true center position. Yeah, he's a good pick and pop guy. Um, you know he can he can shoot. So to have him and marketing, you know, on yeah, you on really like marketing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love marketing. Yeah. But hold on, um, you weren't all that enthused with marketing when you drafted him, or did I, you just not like what you guys gave up in the trade? He was just a big question mark for me. Okay, um, I will say, and I say this every year. This is you know, no no racial bro. Um, <laughs> the Bulls love lanky Europeans, dog. Yeah. The Bulls love Yankee lanky Europeans. Every year they look for the lanky European and they throw everything they can at. Him. So I saw Laurie and I'm like, okay, are we just, we've done this every year. Yeah. You look at Nicola, 
He did. He did pan out after he yeah. left. Miritesh yeah. was nice. After yeah, he the left, beard us. was legit. Yeah. Well, he was still good. I mean, he was still hitting three. He was on Asian's fantasy team. Yeah, he was only one point three for him. Game, you know, he he was okay. But the Bulls really expected him to be the guy. Yeah. The way Luca is expected to be the guy here, right? Yeah. Like the the most developed guy coming out of the draft that's going to start immediately and show some sort of difference. We um, just didn't have the athleticism to support that, you know. Meritex was. Uh, um, we we went to a Wizards game uh, where the Bulls are playing. You know, he's just kind of that dirty European player. But yeah, he's, he's, never, he's he's definitely yeah, which I love. But he, yeah, yeah, but he's he didn't never have, athletic enough. Yeah, he. I don't know if it was even lack of athleticism so much as I don't feel like he had the motor that they were looking for at yeah. the time. The Bulls are like were like this super defensive minded like team, mm-hmm. and like I felt like Nick. Struggled to make plays on both sides of the ball, um, and that's what we needed from him in transition. You know, yeah, uh, yeah half court he was really good. Yeah, 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 coming off screens or setting screens, pick and roll, he was okay. But in transition, and he with fits like, so much better in New Orleans. Yeah, yeah. a little slower. Yeah, with no beard. First of all, yeah. this shit was just weird. I was like, who's that player they have? Right? Oh shit, that's Nicola. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. uh, what were we gonna say? You mentioned Luka Doncic, right? Uh huh. How do you think he's gonna pan out? No idea. When they were showing the highlights uh-huh. of his after he got drafted, I thought he was more athletic than he is. He's, He's not, not very yeah. athletic. But the thing is, though, man, I mean, honestly, I'm going to stop saying that I can assess European talent because we we saw how everybody booed Chris Stapps. Like, everybody was the like, Knicks fans yeah. did. The yeah. Knicks fans did. But Chris Stapps is also 7'6", playing power true, forward true, true, with true. a crazy turnaround uh, fadeaway jumper yeah, off but one did, foot. But like, did you know he was going to be able to do that in that? No, like but yeah. I did not know that. I, I, and, you know, even... Um, Milos Teodosic. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? That's the dude who plays for LA, right? Yeah, for the Clippers. He's like kind of a short guy, crazy passer. He's like 30 like a Rubio, years old already, Like a right? Rubio yeah. type guy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, um, you know, like the Bulls loved him. Mm-hmm. They almost like they were willing to like wet the bed to get this guy. Uh-huh. And um, we ended up not getting him. Um, I mean, if he was on our squad, I can't even say he would start at point. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. you know, like I'm going to pull myself out of the... I can assess European talent box, yeah, and I'm gonna say, let's see Luca. Let's see. Let's see him play this season and see what happens. Because I don't, see what I don't happens. know. But he's only yeah. six eight, and I feel like for him to be dominant, he'd need to be a little taller because he's not that or athletic. a little quicker. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's not. Yeah. He's, he's not, not an explosive athlete, athlete. And, he's, and, no. and honestly, he's not an incredible shooter either. No. Yeah. Like I feel no. like uh, the the aspects of his game that they're touting when I'm watching, I'm just like, okay, he looks he looks straight. He can be uh, dynamic off the dribble, but you know, you think he's going to give you twenty five a game no, in, no, in, in no, this league? No. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because yeah, mm-hmm. that's the thing. I, and I looked at his stats in his league for Real Madrid, and I'm yeah. like, these aren't even stellar stats for mm-hmm. Real Madrid. Like, I don't know. what about Trey Young in Atlanta? Yeah, going as high as he did. Man. I was so surprised. <laughs> oh, Trey oh, Trey I just wanted so, to make sure uh, I stood uh, out. I, I, I tell you what, man. Oh, I tell man. you what. First of all, shout out to the Migos for, <laughs> for making the ice tray the gang picture. Yeah. I don't know if y'all saw that. I did not oh. see that. So the Migos have already taken a picture with Trey. First they tweeted him like, yo, ice tray the gang, welcome to Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Then they took a picture with them, you know, talk about ice tray the gang, because you know that ice tray mm-hmm. song. But um, this is a makeup call for Steph. Okay. Because everybody had Steph lower. Like, they were like, what are these guys doing? Why, why are they drafting Steph? And then Steph right. became Steph. So now everybody sees Trey and they're like, oh, Trey is Steph. I think the difference is Trey does not look like he works as hard as Steph. 
No, no, doesn't. And you got to be hungry. a hard worker to be that size yeah. And, yeah. and make those shots in in the league. Yeah, and he's also what two three inches shorter than Steph Curry. Yeah, yeah. I mean they list him at like six foot. I don't I suppose he's only like five ten, maybe five eleven. Well, didn't Steph grow in the league two inches? I'm not saying no, that. Tree. I, I think, think he grew, grew a little bit in college. He did grow. Well, he grew a lot. He's, college, well, he's like six two, right? Six, six three is what he's yeah, six three. Yeah. I don't know if I I see it, but I mean I think if Trey works though, I think he could be like yeah. a JJ. Okay, Riddick. Oh, yeah. Right. Well, with yeah. a with a little bit more freak to his game, a little bit more handle, can probably get to the yeah, basket. Yeah, I, I honestly don't think his handle is as good as people think his handle. No, is. what I'm saying is that yeah. he could probably get because I think he's yeah, more. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's a point. Like he's a point quicker guard. than yeah, JJ. Yeah, Redick, yeah. He's got right? more lateral quickness. Yeah, and so yeah, I think yeah. that he could add a little freak to his game, get to the yeah. basket. A but bit. does he? Yeah. But does he end up at like an Isaiah Thomas? That he's got absolutely no defense. <sighs> that that actually is a good that's, comparison. That's, that's when I when I look. Oh, you talk about the the I'll say the Detroit. Yeah, the Boston. No, Boston. Well, not Boston now. He's at LA. But yeah, it is actually a good a good comparison, like an undersized guy yeah. that can get you buckets. Yeah. Like but zero but defense, he's a negative. I'm hoping defense. Trey plays defense. He doesn't look like though, like he really runs on that side of the ball. I mean, they I they know. were calling in the draft. He's already considered a liability. Where do you yeah, hide him yeah. on defense, right? That's, like you know, and it. Oh, by the way, he's only six feet, right? So if that, yeah, if that, I don't want to totally shit on him, and and I will say also, being in Atlanta is a gift and a curse right because yeah. he's going to be exposed yeah. right like whatever he is we're going to find out what it is that's true but it's also like a big party city yeah mm-hmm. so yeah. if he's not about he's not on his a game he's going to be in magic city every night until <laughs> but then shorts though the like yo <laughs> <laughs> i mean the sad thing is that we can't even talk about the Wizards with what they did with the man. draft. That was terrible. Y- y'all don't want to be great, man. I-, I think that's what it is. No, the problem is, is that Ted Leonsis only cares about hockey. And mm-hmm. so, well, look, you, the you Capitals just won. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Capitals yeah. just got the Stanley Cup. I yeah. was out there in D.C. with the red on. Man, dog, I tore my Achilles a couple days before the uh, freaking rally. Uh, I mean, honestly, you know, no disrespect to D.C. because I'm always showing nothing but love and respect to D.C. <laughs> I've been waiting for y'all motherfuckers to win something <laughs> since I got here. Some. And you finally win something, and I can't even celebrate uh, with y'all. Oh, man. <laughs> nah, but but he, he won't get rid of uh, Eddie Grunfeld. And or, excuse me, Ernie Grunfeld, who's been with the team for so long, and, terrible. And at most, the best he's ever done was to get to a Game Seven of the Eastern Conference Semis. Right, you know, it's the best he's ever done. And so, I don't necessarily mind that we drafted this Troy Brown kid from Oregon. No mm-hmm. one even, none of I us mean, even knew who he was. Yeah. But the the fact that you got him at fifteen, when other people, there were other better prospects. If you wanted him that bad. Then trade and get a lower draft pick, and then get back some more second right, rounders. Right. That's then true. maybe you get yeah. Isaac Bonga in the second round, or maybe mm. you get uh, a Robert Williams, or maybe you get the other kid from USC, the Chimezi Metu. Mm-hmm. Maybe you can get someone like that. But instead, we end up getting this point guard in the second round, where you're going to stash in the Euro League, and he you might be end up being a really good player. But the uh, Wizards need players now. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I did listen to Ernie Grunfield and how he described it, and mm-hmm. based on their roster, their cap space, they didn't feel like they could bring on another. Another, another player right now with what they needed for the well, team. Sure, so they, they just do? trade down to get another pick. Well, it's, maybe, but that's so what they should have done. They they thought this guy had another level of athleticism with a little more time playing in the Ukraine when they could bring him on. Oh, you talk about the you talk about the second round pick. Yeah. Yeah. He sure. ain't gonna be on the squad this year. No, so. he's not gonna be on the squad yeah, this yeah, year. Yeah, yeah, so it was. Right, so basically, you, you guys are you're tanking this year. Yes. Well, no, no, no. we're really bad tanking. It's yeah. like we're just not good. Yeah, like you, the, you might as well tank. There's, yeah. there, all right, there's <laughs> two things that should have happened. All One right. is when John Wall got hurt, they should have tanked, right? Mm-hmm. Because you get into the lottery, 
That gets you Michael Porter Jr. Yeah. One, one pick before the pick. Wizards. Yeah. The other thing that they should have done, which well, you're no talking one, about MPJ pre, the last year or this no, year? No, Michael Porter Jr. Yeah, number fourteen. You guys wanted him. I think we, he worth a he shot. He went 14 yeah. to the Nuggets. We had 15 and Troy Brown. Yeah. If we have Michael Porter Jr., it's an entirely different honestly, conversation. Because honestly, they say that MPJ was supposed to drop even more than that. Yeah. And and they the I think it was was Utah that took the chance with them? No, no Denver. No. Oh, right before oh, us. Right, Denver. That's but that's was. the thing. Um, yeah. If we get Michael Porter Jr., at least the fans, this is an entirely different conversation. Right. Mm-hmm. But, but the, Man, because back, back problems at, at, yeah, at 19, yeah, back true. the medicals were good, but the ceiling for him is so high. Oh, so high. Yeah. So, I mean, for the for the Wizards, that. No, they're not going to be good next year regardless. That's true. You know, one more pick would have made the difference potentially in two or three years for the team. You know, yeah. when they're looking to restructure after John Wall's contract is either up of their, or they've traded him, right? It's mm-hmm. like, you know, the Wizards are always a day late, a dollar short yeah. in terms of making cap space to get the big name player. Yeah. They're never going to get a LeBron yeah. with John Wall getting max money. Yeah, yeah. Right? John Wall and, and Bill. So, yeah. so that's and the other Otto thing that they should have done. Just, the other uh, thing that they should have done, which no one saw this, and I wish I had seen it last summer, but it's it was too late. What they should have done is, first of all, they traded away their first round pick last year to get uh, Boyan Bogdanovich, right? Mm-hmm. Boy, Bogdanovich. Exactly. Who? Exactly. Yeah. The real reason why they traded that away was to get rid of one of their bad contracts in Angel Nicholson, right? Mm-hmm. Whatever. What they should have done was not giving away that contract, so or not giving away that pick, keep him, and then trade John Wall last summer yeah. mm-hmm. that's what before they traded him uh max money get something back either get a good player back or get a pick back and then maybe you tank but yeah. then building around auto porter and bradley bill is much smarter than trying to build build around those three, those three with yeah. john wall yeah. you also had Kelly Oubre, and then this the european kid they had thomas odoransky is a, actually a pretty damn kinda good legit. player mm-hmm. yeah so y'all still got polish hammer right he got five years <laughs> they're <laughs> saying he's gonna train him but it doesn't really make sense to train we're gonna yeah, train him too exactly. deandre jordan like this doesn't make sense nah. i don't think you guys can pay can can even afford deandre jordan no, no. that's the thing yeah. too so really yeah. The only option for the Wizards is for their current players to get better. And we're probably mm. not going to be able to retain Mike you, Scott, you, you who was one of our best players off the bench last year. You know you can put your bid in for. Who's that? Uh, you talking about Durant? D- D12. Yeah. He's uh, uh, Dwight Howard. He's he's oh. he's no. He got he just got traded to uh, yeah, to and, the Brooklyn. And I think they're going to do like a buyout or something. I didn't think they were going to buy him. I, I, heard, out. I heard that he's that, that he's 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 possibly going to go for league minimum to the highest bidder or really? the lowest bidder. I, I don't know. I had, I don't know why they would. Yeah. I mean, Dwight Howard is still he's a productive supposedly a, a locker room cancer. The is last he? three teams that he's been on, they're, uh, they've been trying to get him out of town. Okay. Well, I mean, we already have plenty of locker room cancers. So. <laughs> All right, you might I as mean, well I mean, put your hat in the ring for for the D twelve sweepstakes because I think he's going somewhere. Yeah. All right. Well. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I know Brooklyn's making moves. They made they made cap space for two max money players this year. I don't know if they're going to get them because it's Brooklyn. They need to just chill for yeah. another year. Yeah, well, yeah just I be mean, trash. Boston's going to hold down the East for the next five mm-hmm. years. People talk to. about Philly, but I don't have no faith in that roster. Not with Ben you Simmons know, not even taking a three. That's the you, thing. You I'm not convinced that Ben Simmons is actually dedicated to getting better. I think he has really? all the physical tools. Hmm? You don't think he's, he's trying to get better? No, I don't think he has the. De- I don't think he's dedicated to doing it. Mm. Right, like. I knew coming into the league. See, we're both in the we we're in a fantasy basketball, yeah. and my brother was upset that I drafted Ben Simmons. Mm-hmm. He's like, "How do you know who Ben Simmons was?" I was like, "Cause I know who Ben Simmons is. I knew he was gonna be great." <laughs> yeah. like, but he's he, a rookie. They, they were, they were like, saying he, he was gonna be the next LeBron. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So yeah. I knew yeah. all this. Yeah. Yeah. But here's the thing. You know, when you're that bad at free throws, yeah, and the way he takes them shows it. I'm just not sure if he gives he's a shit. Not yeah. a so, starting point guard in the and NBA. I have, I have no mm-hmm. faith in Embiid to stay healthy. Absolutely mm-hmm. zero really? faith. Zero percent faith that he can stay healthy. I have none. 
Talk about a guy with upside, man. If, yeah. that, if that guy stays healthy, oh my God, his he's got that brain. Like he's yeah. got, he understands the game in ones and zeros. He's like, a, he's like a Hakeem yeah, Olajuwon. Yeah, you know, like, yeah. that's what the comp I was thinking of. You yeah. know, he could be that generational player, but yeah. he still got. Uh, What's his name in uh, Milwaukee? Who I think is oh, yeah, Greek freak. Yeah, the Greek yeah, freak. Yeah, yeah, I think is still Giannis, who I think is ultimately could potentially be better than LeBron. Yeah, uh, he's uh, got the talent physically yeah. to do it. He's got the work ethic too. He yeah. wants to get better. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't. I don't know. The the LeBron thing is is tough. Tough to say. Uh, do I we don't want to start that want, debate? I don't. I, even, I just. I don't I, even I, want to. I wouldn't want to be the next LeBron. You, where, you where talk you about physical going? gifts, but I, but I'm. That's a good question. I, I don't answer it in a second. Um, you talk about physical gifts. I, yeah. I think he's he's there, but there's a certain necessity, desire to be the next LeBron. One. Yeah. Two. He's not a homegrown player, and I'm sorry to say this, but we pretend like it's not a factor, but it is, right? Like Giannis is going around the country eating hot dogs for the first time. Like, you know what I mean? Like he's LeBron is like from a, a steel town, you know, a boy who, you know, he knew ever since he was a child that he was gonna be the American hero. Like LeBron is a story that is a story that will you can be a LeBron, a Magic Johnson, a Michael Jordan. Um you can't be a foreign-born player and be those guys. In well, so, Dirk Nowitzki, yeah. Tony Parker. Dirk Nowitzki's never been the guy. Tony Parker's never been the guy. We're talking about these are these are guys that the entire world roots for, like a Tom Brady, like a Joe Montana. Okay, these are, these are, okay, but what about Yao Ming? Right, so he had like you know three billion, four billion people in China. That in were, China, in China, That's but that what, translated to America when he came over. He was the great but Chinese. As, as Yao Ming remembered as a LeBron James, or in China he is. But you know, if he had stayed healthy, where would he be? You know, the issue wasn't yeah. so much his talent because he came into the he league was, was actually pretty good. Oh, uh, Yao, Yao Ming's uh, a Hall of Famer. Yeah, he's deserved a Hall of Famer player, but guys, physically, guys, guys, Donald Trump is the president. <laughs> you can't tell me that a foreign-born player is going to be beloved the way somebody who grew up in the ghettos of America and pulled themselves up by their bootstraps and became LeBron James. Or Michael Jordan, or you know whoever else. Like I just well, don't. Michael like, Jordan I, didn't come from the ghetto. I, I for don't. One. But you get what I'm saying. I feel like this is where we're seeing basketball kind of transition a little bit because you know who Lionel Messi is, right? You mm -hmm. know who Ronaldo is. Some of these Nigerian players. Some of these, but basketball is one of those sports that beca is becoming more global. It is. You're seeing more talent from around the world come into the NBA. Yeah. And I don't think it's unlikely that eventually you see a foreign-born player become the number one player. I mean, in, he's... Yeah. Look, I, don't, I don't think they right call him now, the Greek America freak, but he's Nigerian, dog. Like, the, the yeah, Nigerian... Yeah, yeah. Yo, they, they, they gotta pull for, uh, for Giannis. Well, we, we, we do pull for him, even though, you know, I mean, there's 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 stuff there, but I'm not gonna, <laughs> I'm not gonna go into it. Yeah. But, but at the same time, I personally don't think that basketball, the NBA and the NBA's fan base is ready for the guy to be a foreign-born player. I just personally don't think that. Okay. But, I mean, honestly, you know, Giannis is my favorite player. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I'm, I'm a big fan. I'm a, I'm a, I like Giannis as well. Yeah. I, I guess I'm curious who you think, who you define the NBA fan to be, right? Like, is it is it like Steve Nash, right? Mm -hmm. Not the greatest player in the NBA, right? But two-time MVP, mm -hmm. right? Well, and, once and he didn't deserve so, it. But, so, yeah. Yeah, but, but why? Why did he earn the MVP when he didn't deserve it, right? Because like, the league hated Kobe Bryant. So LeBron, LeBron James wore an I Can't Breathe shirt. Yeah, okay. It became right. a controversy. Um, yeah. There's been talk about how the NFL players have been kneeling, but yet the NBA players are not kneeling, right? right? And so that's not it's not something that has tested the NBA, right? Um, we've had an owner at the Clippers, and yep. a Clippers owner who yep. was an outright blatant racist, yes, right? right? So I mean, I think what I'm saying is I don't know if America 
and one of its two final sports that it still kind of owns, which is, it's funny that baseball is, is the most American sport when the Dominicans are way better than oh, us. Yeah. But, uh, but one, one of the last two frontiers, one of the last two frontiers of sports that, you know, America still owns. I don't know if it goes out of their grasp by not having the all-American hero that we love and, and promote. But that's just maybe my own personal perspective on it. Yeah, so you I don't want see to talk it that about, way. I think, the, I think the league loves Giannis. Yeah. So, but yeah, I was curious where you thought LeBron was going to go. LeBron stakes. So the last report that I read said he was 51% in LA, 40% in Cleveland, and 9% in Philly. Um, Philly makes no sense. I think LA or Cleveland. Um, okay. But the thing about Cleveland is... If he stays in Cleveland and he doesn't make a move and go out and get it, I think he'll be criticized. Yet, if he leaves Cleveland, he'll be criticized. So I think he's going to try to go where he has the greatest opportunity to get to the finals and win it. Win it win I don't think that's the chase. I don't think that can be. Like, why would you leave Cleveland if that was your argument to go to L.A. of all places? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I think there's multiple other options for him. Yeah. But the one thing about L.A. is that his kids love it. I think from what I've heard, he already has multiple houses multiple there. Multiple houses, yeah. and, production you know, company and, there. And like, I, I, from what I heard, his his kid Bronny's already there. Yeah, he's going to school there. Yeah, yeah. So the you know those are I think also being that he's in probably his last three to five years of his career, which I've probably been saying for three to five years, but that's neither here nor there. Um, being that he, he's probably in his last three to five years of his career, he's also probably starting to look for where his family's going to be based out of going forward. Right? Yeah. I think it's L.A. I think I'm just not sure it. how you build that team in L.A. That, although, that being said, I'm not sure how you stay in Cleveland and get past Boston next season. What if he throws a curveball and goes to the Clippers? So there are two teams in L.A., right? right? That, I mean, that's a possibility. It's the same thing for Kawhi, like if you uh, decide to go to the Clippers. I mean, they, that's where they, I wanted him to go. Yeah, yeah. they have I wanted him to go to San to Antonio. Uh, oh, yeah, he wouldn't do that. Yeah. The, source, this, the sources, there's always sources, right? The sources were saying that, like, He's so high on LA that like even if Kawhi and PG don't go there, like he might he might still go there. How could they get Kawhi? Somebody's gonna have to trade. What, what, yeah, I mean LA doesn't have apparently LA's been in talks with San Antonio. Yeah, but, but San Antonio so Pop supposedly has a strict no trade to, to, to LA rule. Well, same conference, but, um, right? So he doesn't want to send well, anybody no, to the Western he, Conference. He doesn't want to send it anywhere to the West Conference, but that's like a want. But his like Demand is no LA. Yeah, like his no red Lakers. Line is yeah, LA. supposedly like he will do anything but trade to the Lakers. Okay, but the thing is though, I mean, it, it might come to a point where it's like this is literally the best offer. We have to take the best offer for Kawhi or for LeBron. For Kawhi, yeah, I don't think he goes to LA, and I don't think that's going to be the best offer. So I know Boston mm. tried it before the trade yeah. deadline this year. I think they're still trying, trying to, to trade for him. I yeah. think they're still trying to get him. I think he ends up in Boston. You think? Oh. Who's yeah. LeBron or Kawhi? No, Kawhi. Kawhi. Yeah, and then that's so. So out. who who do you think uh, Boston gets rid of for him? So I think they're talking about trading Jalen Brown. I honestly I think um, uh, what's his name gets that ends up leaving um, Hayward. No, no. Well, it's a possibility, but I think there are risks with him not having mm. seen him play with the ankle injury that he had. Well, there's risks with Kawhi as well. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, and but Kyrie. I mean, I think there's there's some of it is you know around the circles that you know I've been reading like, hey, you know, he wanted to get traded. Part of it was him mm. and his team influencing him not to play just because he felt slighted based on getting a, a different result from a second look. But mm. I think Kyrie, I think it ends up mm. being Kyrie because I think he's got another year or two. I honestly. think they got to get rid of one of those two. Yeah, yeah, they have to move one of those two yeah, pieces or yeah, it's going to make Brad Stevens' job a lot harder. Yeah. yeah. And a trade. and Excuse me, and a draft pick because they have a number one yeah. this year. I don't know. You, you don't think after? that Kyrie could work with Kawhi? 
Oh no no! I'm about, saying I'm saying either Kyrie or Gordon Hayward. One of okay. the two has to go. I would try to move Gordon Hayward. I would yeah. try to keep Kyrie and Kawhi. Yeah, that's yeah. what I would try to do. Yeah. yeah, but Terry Rozier. I mean, he's shown himself capable in the playoffs. I mean, yeah. he went 0 for 11 from three in the last game. But yeah, is an NBA starter on mm-hmm. some teams. Sure. I hope yeah. though that he had the green light in this last this last playoffs. Yeah, I, I hope they take the green light away from him. Uh, I no disrespect to, sh- to him to shoot. Yeah, but I don't. I mean. He was letting it go like he was Kyrie or he was, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't want Rozier to be that, that guy. guy on yeah. my team. I yeah. want him to continue to be a, a dope role player. You know what I mean? I, I, I just, that's just me personally. Yeah. This year, they need they needed that, right? Because they, their roster was just all the guys that were left because their two stars got hurt. Oh, man. But um, no, accordingly, their roster was so deep and so much better than Cleveland's oh roster. Oh, my God. Well, to so be fair, they, they were, I, so I, I feel like that Boston did not have LeBron and the, the Cleveland Cavaliers won because they had LeBron. But their roster from, from one to five or one through three and five was better than but you know i'm so i'm so tired of 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 hearing that just because i this has been a a repeated thing with lebron like all of his teams are trash but it's just like yo at some Mm -hmm. point why don't any of these guys level up like Mm. i call it the lebron tax man you know what i mean these guys these guys came into cleveland Stephen A's and the and the skips and everybody was jumping up and down celebrating how they were going to win the title now because they had this talented. You talk about the le- the, the, well, the, la- the, least, the last trade, right? Yeah, the yeah, last trade. They yeah. were like, they were like, they got, they got no, at any given time, did. they got the guys coming people, off their. Hold on, the same people that are saying that all these guys are trash were the same people that said that this team could potentially compete with Golden State. So I would agree with that. They, they all compete, did but say nobody that. was saying that this team was going to beat the Golden the State. Issue, no, the issue but, is, the no, issue but is they're is now this. saying that these guys are trash the, the okay. issue is this right so when these guys came the reason they actually many of these guys were picked up was because they were guys that supposedly at any given time they could pop up and get you 15 20 25 points when yeah. you needed it right these are guys that consistently demonstrated that on their previous teams you come to a team that is not coached I, i'm not even going to say it's not well coached it's, it's not, not coached. coached it's not right coached. lebron is the coach team, on that lebron team. is the coach and essentially your role goes from I'm not going to take you for whatever your skill set is. It's like literally like like what we call in consulting a body shop, right? You might be good at PowerPoint. You might be good at Excel. I don't care what you're good at. You're just a body. And when I need you to be there and make a spot-up jumper, you make the spot-up jumper. If you make it, then... Yes, you did a good job. You're a good role player. If you miss it, you're trash. That's, That's what every what happens, player right? is relegated to when they become a, a Cleveland Cavalier. When you play with LeBron, it goes from you have a certain set of gifts and the team creates a strategy around the gifts of the players on the team to LeBron is going to play. And then when he needs you to be standing right there, stand right there and then shoot the ball. So what I would the, the counterpoint to that, I would say, is that the, the level of competition that these te- obviously these are NBA players. right? Mm-hmm. But when you go from playing with the Lakers or playing from a losing you know, Utah Jazz, obviously they got better in the second half of the season, but they when made you, the playoffs in the second yes, round. Y- mm-hmm. Yes. But a losing Utah Jazz at the time, right? You know, the pressure isn't there. The jump shot that you need to make isn't exactly. Uh, to me, it doesn't matter, though. Yeah. Like, if anything else, if LeBron is so good, especially at making his teammates better, then why are they so garbage all the right. fucking time? It doesn't make any damn sense. I mean, sense. LeBron cannot physically make a jump shot for Jordan Clarkson. I mean, but no, but see, 
see, I don't think it's that. I don't think that LeBron is the teammate that the Max Kellerman say he is. Mm-hmm. I don't think he is. I think he's toxic. They, I mean, the fact that the, the the next best player on the team couldn't wait to get out of there should tell you something. So that's fair. But mm-hmm. would you say that, obviously, in a system with the Heat, they won three championships. And you, you all they won two. So, two, so, two teams. So, okay. so wait, they, wait, they, wait. Before, they before lost. we say that, before we say that, right? But so you, we talk about the Heat, right? Yeah. They came with a, a big three, which actually became four, right, when you, when you add Ray Allen to it. Chris Bosh was somebody who was perennial all-star, you know, Hall of Fame, head, headed to the Hall of Fame with his trajectory, somebody who was making the all-star team every year, right? Mm-hmm. Somebody who everybody knew was a great talent. Chris Bosh became trash. He wasn't trash, right. but he, was, he became. All of a sudden, he had he to was, adapt to become to, a good role player. But people, people called him trash. There were, there were at the conclusion of it all, no one called him trash. But there were times during the season where they were calling him trash. And, right. and, and, and wasn't and he dealing with like a heart issue? That too? was afterwards. Yeah, that was that afterwards. was that was okay. yeah. yeah, that was but, season afterwards. But I mean, again, it, it becomes you know sit back and then when I need you to do something specific, do that thing. And if you don't do that thing, you're trash. I really caution against that narrative. I think it's a dishonest narrative. And I think I think, I think we've gotten to a point with, especially with basketball, where it's just like anything to big a person up. So we down other people to try to big someone up. Like we can say that LeBron is great because I, I still I still think he's great. Right? He's I obviously just, great. I think that if you play with him, you ha- you, you're facing the LeBron tax. And I think that it's very difficult to play with someone like that, especially when you have your own strengths that you're bringing to the table and those strengths are just negated and nobody it's like nobody asked you what you're good at just come out and do what we want you to do um i think that must be very very difficult to do especially to get to the level of being uh, these guys you know what i mean the the hills the clarksons you know uh, the nances the hoods like to be folks that that worked really hard to get to where they became desirable trade objects to be pulled over to the team. And I mean, I don't know if you watched that first game, the, the first game the when first LeBron game got where them, they, where LeBron looked like, they he looked like a child on Christmas. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, these guys are balling and LeBron's like, he's so happy. He's laughing on the bench. Like, you know, and everybody's saying, oh my God, he's got all these great pieces. By the end of the season, everybody was trash. They're all trash. Yeah, by the end of the season, right? But that's after they've played... 7 14 21 extra games in the playoffs in a in a in a spectrum in a view that isn't you know as, no, as, here's, as here's, but th- let's just be honest right no. like part of the discussion and I I'm surprised I'm defending LeBron right now to be honest <laughs> like the discussions I've had with Andrew right but the, one of the first things you caveat a discussion with is like hey this team is not coached so you're asking LeBron James but why isn't it coached well, because they have Teron Lou no I mean, no. is he a better coach without them? Have no, you, have you, have, have you seen have you seen when they're in the huddle? Have you seen how players won't even listen to him? LeBron will just not even listen to him, and then the players will come over to LeBron and wait to be coached in terms of what they're supposed to do. Like people don't defer to Tyron Lue on that team. He he doesn't have the respect of being considered the coach on that. Yeah, team. I'm, and mm-hmm. the thing for me, right? When you look at, I mean, let's let's talk about the actual facts here, right? Mm-hmm. Kyrie couldn't wait to leave LeBron. True. Right. Couldn't True. wait. To leave LeBron. True. Then you have Isaiah Thomas and Jay, Cr- Jay Crowder that were in good situations, but hey, you know they were willing to make it work. LeBron's a great player, so they were optimistic. They leave and they 
they're like, look, it's fun. It will be great to get back to fun basketball again, right? right? Guys that, you know, did not, were not very complimentary of LeBron James. That team is not very well coached, and you could talk about Tyron Lue, but like, look, the dude does not play defense in the regular season, yeah. and thus that permeates with the rest of your teammates. I, I They're not e- playing defense. I think even that criticism, right? You you go back to Eric Spoolstra. We all mm-hmm. talked about how Eric Spoolstra wasn't shit when he was yeah. coaching LeBron, and now we're like, and then wait, he's the a good next coach. year he yeah. gets coach of the year, right? So yeah. it's like, and and I, I feel as though for Tyron Lue. He deserves a solid year of us seeing him outside of having to coach LeBron because okay. I mean I just think that there's a certain you know um, there's a certain challenge there and I and I think honestly I would love to see LeBron coached by like a pop just because like you know I feel as though Pop would be able to take his talents maximize his talents but also maximize the talents of the of the of the supporting cast Which is around what him. Pat Riley and was I able to do in Miami. And I don't I don't see it where he is now. Like no, I, I, I I see a bunch of guys that are just there like okay, what do you want me to do and I'll just go out there and do it and and you know. I mean, so and maybe it takes a generational coach to coach a generational player like LeBron. You could argue the same thing with Jordan with mm. uh with what's his name? Phil Jackson, Phil Jackson yeah. right? I mean, yeah. so it, it took that Michael level. Jordan allowed himself to be coached though. LeBron James will not allow himself to be coached. I've not seen it. I haven't seen it, but it's it's possible. Have have you seen? I mean, we we haven't seen it, but it doesn't mean it's not true. It seems like he handpicks guys that he thinks will defer to him. Yeah, and that's that. That I think you know, it's something that becomes a challenge later on. When I mean, you know, we talk about what Brad Stevens did with that Celtics team, right? And that's just great strategy, great planning, great coaching. And so when you have situations like game one against against the Golden State Warriors, right, the, the Cavaliers, that was a winnable game. They, they should have won that game. Arguably, and should have won. And, yeah. and if they had they a, a won coach, game three as well. if they had a coach, that, that game, they would have won that game. I'm right. just, I'll just say that, right? Like if Somebody they had a coach, call a timeout. Just, right. And that's, like, that's, all we need. <laughs> that's all we need you to <laughs> just, do, right? Just be a basic coach. <laughs> but, but instead, we, we want to defer and allow, you know, LeBron to spread his wings to the detriment of the team and the other teammates i mean the other thing too game three uh we'll talk about the big play in a moment but cleveland was up for most of that game and the reason why golden state was able to stay in it despite the fact that steph curry was what one for ten for three <laughs> yeah, uh you know kevin there. durant is doing his thing but like you can go back Kept and look deferring. at the tape and there's yeah. all these different mishaps and mistakes on defense and just yeah. poor defense from from just bad habits and those things are generated during the regular season wow. that lebron is on record is not giving two fucks about just doesn't care about it mm-hmm. like that's not a good leader like and and so mind you so how does that permeate with the rest of the roster that they're on this guy that they had to defer to who just doesn't give a shit about the games of the regular season and all of a sudden you know he needs them on the playoffs and you know when the games are on the line and, and they're not there for him so but i i would disagree because he did play all 82 games and we've seen him in previous but he's years, not playing defense <laughs> but he doesn't give any he doesn't he, give he a shit about so if he's so if he's coaching the team and the coach or the team needs a coach and he's got to be out there on the floor for 48 minutes like he mm. did multiple times in the but playoffs. no the question is does but, he actually have to that's the question but, well, if you allow the team to play as a team would you need this much from lebron james well, he makes himself out to be a martyr by having to do all these things look look he's constantly in the top 10 of assists right 
for every season. Right. Yet his teams are nowhere near the top 10 of assists because they don't move the ball around. All mm-hmm. these other championship level teams, they all get in the top five, top so 10 So I think assists. what you're saying and where I can agree is he's a great player but not a great coach, right? So And he's not a great mm-hmm. teammate either. But, that, but I think if he's asked, being asked to coach and be a teammate at the same time. No, he's it, not being asked mm-hmm. to coach. He's making, he's himself, making, himself, he's making himself the coach. But yeah. that is in the absence of a coach that can coach him. And it's not saying that he's not coach. No, Why it's because, it's because the, the LeBron, the management is going to do everything to the cater to LeBron. Like, that's the other thing, too. How is he so much of a great teammate and a great player if the entire situation in Cleveland is so toxic his, his that the fans, GM has to leave? The owner hates him, which we all fucking hate the oh owner, God, too. Yeah. But still, but, still. And his fans will say, you know, they always say GM LeBron. Whenever, when when yeah. the times are high, you know, GM LeBron, he went out, he got this guy, he did this, you know, um, he made sure that they, that they Tristan signed Thompson Tristan and Thompson and Smith had their money. Dollar, right, you know. <laughs> <laughs> those are the things that are crippling his team. Mm-hmm, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But but when when we make those observations of this is your core, these are the guys you could afford because of what your cap space looks like, then it's like, oh well, you guys expect him to do everything. It's like, but okay, are we complimenting him for 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 everything, or we can only criticize him for everything, or vice versa? I, yeah, you know I just, mean? I mean, I can't make it as one dimensional, particularly for an NBA franchise to say that one player, yes, he is that good, but to say that. He alone dominates the entire organization. Is he, is the organization's does, greatest success or greatest achievement and their greatest downfall? Like, yes, I, I, I think I get he's that. His, their greatest achievement. Yeah. I think without him, they don't win. They don't, they don't win, win any chips, right? Like, sure. like, yeah, let's yeah, not, yeah. So we sure. we, 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 right. ha, we have him on the pedestal as his greatest achievement, but they're mm. all, he's also their greatest downfall. Well, and, he's. Mm. I, I just don't like the idea that all of his teammates are trash and he never sticks up for them. That's the and, thing that and, makes and, me and angry. He's as well. partly responsible for why his teammates look so bad, and he no one's not. No one's talking about he that. He does. He does. Yeah, and he'll sit. He'll sit there, and you know, I mean, every season, it, it, it it's almost it's almost like clockwork, right? He, he gets to he, he he doesn't try in the regular season. He gets to a certain point, except he's to like, get his I, stats. He's like, he likes to get right. his stats. Then he's like, I need a fucking playmaker. That but, was two years ago. Yo, but you know, yeah. last year, but I, look, my team is trash. Hey, I, I'm doing. It by myself. But we look back on Jordan, right? And we know how Jordan destroyed his teammates, right? Medical Bill Cartwright sent Kwame Brown to the, you know, to the crazy house. Don't talk about the Wizards. Right. Talk about the Bulls. But, you know, yes, these guys are ultra competitive. That's how they get to where they are. And mm-hmm. part of Jordan in being able to encapsulate Jordan we was the fact bring that up he was, Jordan. Yeah. Well, I'm, I mean, I no, guess LeBron I guys always do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, man, am I a LeBron guy now? I, just, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know that just happened, man. What was going on? But, but you know, I just think you got to look at it holistically, right? And say, uh-huh. look, yes, he's an amazing player, but should he be asked to coach? And if he, if he is being asked to coach, I don't think he is. I think he's demanding it. But where... But I don't think he's demanding no, that, right? He because he wants, with, he wants to go play with. No, 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 no. I think he demands it with his attitude in the huddle. Where are the failures in the organization that allow that to happen, and where are the weaknesses in the organization? Well, no, 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 no. I, let, let's be honest, right? Okay. You know, right. he Speak. he had yeah. you know um, their owner by the balls. He literally said, "The only way I'm, co- I want to come back to Cleveland, but the only way I'm coming back is if I, if you guys run things my way." Because it's he, Cleveland, it's Cleveland, Ohio. Who wants so to you're, play you're, there? You're blaming, you're blaming the organization. <laughs> but it's Cleveland, I, I, right? I, okay, agreed. Right, I, I'm, I'm a Joe Kim Noah fan. I, I, I get what I you're saying, like here, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> but, but I mean, you know, so it's like he had the organization by the balls they're doing things the way he wants them to do them. So when when you make a decision and you step out and you want to be the guy. 
and the decision that you make is not a successful or, or a positive a positive outcome, then you take responsibility for your decision and you and you can suck it up and change the, it. The, 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 the other thing, like the other thing is this too. If we're talking I, about if we're gonna bring out the Jordan comparison, okay. right? All right? At the My end bad. of the day, I did I did at the end of I the did. day, everything fell on Jordan. So Jordan might have been an unmitigated asshole to his teammates, right? But we didn't learn about this shit until years after the fact. You never had, at least that I can remember, you never had the press getting on Jordan's teammates and seeing Jordan let the press do that. Maybe they did and I was too young to recognize it, mm-hmm. but that's not the stories that I hear about. Like, mm-hmm. I never saw Jordan publicly deride his teammates the mm-hmm. way that LeBron has in tweets and in the media. And so if if Jordan, mm-hmm. if everything is falling on Jordan, then everything needs to fall on LeBron. And whenever that happens, he pushes himself to the side and mm-hmm. lets the media sit there and trash his teammates as if they're he the knows. worst players and, in the NBA. And, and that's the, fucking bullshit. Well, and to the greater narrative. <laughs> ultimately mm-hmm. between the two is that Jordan didn't lose right we didn't lose in when the he was on top he won six straight so oh. they never had to have that discussion. well I mean you know yeah. if you want to count the, the 90 yeah, the half 495 yeah. as well yeah that's right. another you discussion know. but but when he was on top, he was on top, and they didn't lose. Like, Look, I, I, didn't, I didn't want to bring in the Jordan LeBron yeah, 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 it's, yeah, not, it's not bad, fair. Bad, it's not fair. I'm just talking about like just LeBron, just things mm-hmm. that kind of annoy me with the narrative. Yeah, you know? I mean, like I, just this the narrative that his teammates are as bad as they are needs to stop. Again, I would I would love to I would love to see him, you know, just in a system with with a with a, a legit coach that he really respects and defers to. I know he respects Pop. Yeah. I know he has respect for Pop, and I feel like if he could be, I, I don't, I don't know if, like you're kind of saying that he's like uncoachable. I think I he is know, uncoachable. I don't know, I don't know that that's the truth because I haven't seen it. Um, but I think that you could really bring out the best in his talent if if he was in a situation where he was willing to allow someone who's looking at it, you know, from a third person perspective to just say, hey, these are your strengths. These are some things that we can use to, you know, the strengths of your teammates that we can use to kind of create it. So you don't have to play 48 minutes out there. So yeah. you don't have to do uh, and X, what, y, and Z. To that point, ultimately, I think all, all situations are not equal, right? The the Boston, that team, that organization is not comparable or Cleveland is not comparable to Boston. They're not right. LA, right? Cleveland is not comparable to LA. And so all situations are not, you know, inherently equal in terms of, you know, the situation, the money, how the, 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 all the external influences that surround a player or why a player is playing for a certain place, like those, all those situations are not equal. And so I'm curious and kind of to your point to not only seeing him go to a place with a great coach, but even when he went to Miami, man, Miami's organization was like, okay, great. Like this Mm -hmm. is where Dwayne Wade and you know, all these guys ended up and we're going to, we're going to run it out and see how it goes. But Mm -hmm. if he ends up going to LA, if he ends Mm -hmm. up going to, you know the the staple center you know playing what, what was your line what's your line what, wait, hold on what's your line like I'm lazo ball uh, lazo ball the staple all i can I do like, is be grateful yeah yeah we'll see how long that, that lasts but uh, <laughs> but you know if he ends up playing in the staple center you know how the how the organization and how the city itself influences uh-huh. how he and what see, he that's something that scares player. me though because luke right he's he's a young he's a young yeah, coach Walton's so about to get you know on. again yeah, it's like yeah. it's like do do we again get in a situation where you have a guy that doesn't have the proven and tested mantle to really merit and, and you know i feel like you, you need a decorated coach well for, here, for, for lebron to respect see that i don't necessarily right? think that's the case i think that lebron james is uncoachable i think that's been proven but lebron james is not necessarily unmanageable right Spolstra was not a proven coach, but what mm-hmm. did they, what did they have? They had Pat Riley, right, who right. is got this alpha male mentality. He and can manage LeBron, yeah, and that's and what he was able to do. And, and, so in LA, 
Luke Jerry? Walton, good coach, magic. good mind. We'll see what happens. But he's got, got Magic Johnson. And right, Jerry right, West right. still kind of pulling strings up there. So, I mean, we'll see. We'll see. But I'm and not Jamie sure how Bus. they construct that team <laughs> in L.A. I mean, I don't think that Paul George and LeBron James is an experiment that's going to work. Yeah. The, Paul George needs a ball in his hand. Or at the very least, he needs to be respected as someone who's on that see, that's, level. That, that's, that's, that, that's, that's actually what I, what I, why I want I want this to happen. Um, so so we want, can see Paul George. I, I want, and, I want and, and Paul George league. to be trash. I yeah, want I yeah, want everybody I see to that talk too. about how Paul George is trash now because he plays he plays next to LeBron and that's what will happen right if, yeah. if, if those two are the only ones that make it over there yeah. with, that, with that roster they have today they probably won't even make it past OKC and then and then OKC is bad OKC is bad you saw uh, you saw Melo signed on yeah, yeah he's not, he signed he's on not gonna wave that. Yeah. you know yeah he opted in for twenty seven point nine no he's smart he's about his money he's always been about his money to the detriment of his career good for him. Get your money. Yeah, but get yeah. your money. I mean, I, th- I don't think that's enough to get over the hump in the West in the Western Conference. And I just want to hear the apologists talk about how now Paul George is trash. I, I just, I, I just, I, I would love that. It would, it would, I would save for that. <laughs> Maybe I should root for that. <laughs> I mean, he, he, LeBron has shown that he can play with another wing. I mean, when he played with Dwayne Wade, it's not two... about playing with another wing. And it's Dwayne about playing totally, totally in a system yeah. where yeah. you, where the ball needs to move, and you have mm. to play off can the ball. Can LeBron James play off ball? That is. The I question. don't think he can. Yeah. And I don't think that LeBron James wants to be wants to be in a system where he can't average near a triple double and have everybody look at his stats and say how good he is because Jordan didn't do that and Kareem didn't do that. It's like that's one of the reasons. The game. That's one of the reasons I think I think he'll never come to Chicago. I think he feels as though he's chasing Jordan's ghost, even though. You know, 11, 11 seasons to fourteen, basically. I mean, you know, thirteen, yeah. technically thirteen, but eleven seasons to fourteen. Yeah. Uh, but, but you know, I feel like he thinks he's chasing Jordan's ghost, and to he go is. to Chicago, to go to Chicago and play in Chicago and not achieve what Jordan achieved. Yeah, I feel like it's just gonna be a, an obvious indicator that he's not willing to, you know. Um, yeah. Put out there. What would, what, how would Chicago fans react if LeBron James comes to Chicago and gets all these stats, but wins you like forty six games? I feel like Cat's heads would explode. Yeah, right. Right. LeBron, do, do you think that do you think that he would receive vitriol from Chicago fans? He should. I, I think, You're not Jordan. I think and when well, he first when he first came in, Cats would would really embrace him. I think people would be really happy to get basketball back in Chicago, and it really be a big deal. Uh, since since Rose obviously in the MVP season, we haven't really had that. Um, but yeah, he's gonna have to win some games. Like if if, he if never, he he's losing, never gonna play there, he's games, never gonna walk past Jordan's. Yeah, he's never gonna walk yeah. past Jordan's statue every day going into right. Exactly. You know. Yeah, but uh, but I, I'm honestly though, you know, we talked we talked about how um, you know, I I say that when you play when you play next to LeBron, your expectation is to come in with your lunch pail every day and become a spot up shooter. You, you you run you around. Have, you have to create when you're you when you're around. called upon to create. But, right, but yeah. what does that even mean? Exactly, because right? you're supposed to stand out of the way while LeBron tries exactly. to play bully ball, and then if he wants to, he passes out to you, and you you knock down the shot. Right, so oh, let me finish. Well, I, I, where I'm going is like that. Does that system not work? It worked for Houston this year. Did it? Uh, they didn't make it they, to the finals. Uh, they didn't make it to the finals, but they arguably should have. Uh, another difference, though, is when when CP3 was healthy, which was most of the time. Yeah. CP3 is one of the best playmakers in the. In and where the, does CP3 want right. to play? He wants. To, they want to do the banana uh, boat. They well, want to yeah, show. Up don't talk about the banana oh, boat. See, oh, the oh. bromance. <laughs> uh, but, but so back to back to my, well, my point, right? Yeah, um, yeah. right? When we talk about how Chicago is actually like the fertilest ground for what LeBron wants, Hoiberg Ball is really just you know. Set screens, pick and pop. Everybody shoot threes, right? Like, 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 literally, it's just 
your team becomes a bunch of jump shooters. And the thing that makes it so difficult from a defensive perspective is, you know, the NBA is mostly just a bunch of one-on-one, right? Yeah. But, like, the, the Chicago Bulls team is just a bunch of shooters. So anybody can pick and pop. So it's like the jumper can come from anywhere. That's that's what made their, their offense successful until they decided to tank last season. Yeah. So because of that, everybody down to – pretty much everybody except for um, Rolo, Robin Lopez mm. – is a three-point shooter on the team. Like, mm. everybody can shoot on the team. Mm. So what LeBron wants is a is a bunch of glorified spot-up shooters, and Hoiberg Ball is basically everybody is a, a glorified spot-up shooter. So literally, he could just come in there and get them to do what he wants them to do. The one thing I will say about that offense that does not lend itself to LeBronism is uh, one of the main tenets of Hoiberg Ball is trust your team. And every teammate, like, you know how on some teams, they just don't even want to give guys the ball. Yep. Like, like in order for Hoiberg ball to work, you have to believe that everybody on the, on the court can knock down the jumper when you give it to them or mm. make the play when you give it to them. And LeBron doesn't play that way. He chooses who he wants to allow to make plays. And if you do that, it kind of makes the whole system break down. But I, I think with that in mind, if he really wanted like a ready-made offense that was for him, the Bulls is that offense. We'll he, ain't, he ain't never going to Chicago. He's not he going. Chicago. He's yeah, not going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, you said we'll see. We already know. Nah, he, ain't <laughs> going. Yeah. he would definitely go to Philly before he. I tell you what, Bulls though they got Chris Dunn on their team, and I, he's one of my favorite players in the NBA right now. Really? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it, I'll go back to the fantasy discussion. That's I, why I picked him up on. He season, likes his fantasy. So, really so, enjoy so play. Uh, spoiler alert. Uh, this, this is something I picked up from from uh, Carlos, and I say it all the time now. Spoiler, spoiler alert. alert. <laughs> uh, but uh, but. Uh, one of the things that I hate that they do in the NBA, but the Bulls do this a lot as well, um, they create news stories around people when they want to get rid of them so that it looks like they Uh-oh. have a problem with that person. Um, so the two people out of the summer that I've heard uh, stories about are Zach Levine and Chris Dunn. Uh-huh. So I think that Zach Levine, I mean, we all we know obviously yeah, that Zach yeah, yeah. Levine, big contract. He, he, if they can get rid of him and they can get a better big mm-hmm. you know, s- small forward, they've already drafted one. Um, you know, he may be out of here. Chris Dunn, though, they're saying um, the Bulls are saying that, you know, based on his workouts over the summer that, you know, they, they're kind of shaky on his future in the in the in the system. So he may not be be with us. That's next sad. Season. I really enjoyed watching yeah. him play. He was good. He's got he's got a lot of upside. He's got a lot of potential. He was kind of disappointing when he first came in. But I think that's just as much a, a, a result of uh, him playing on that that Timberwolves squad and yeah. them not really giving guys looks. As it is uh, his own, you know. Well, defensively, well, that's that's where I'm at. You know, yeah. I do watch and like an appreciated player for their defense. He averaged over yeah. two steals a game. You know, he's he's like a. Tough, yeah. I mean, th- this is this guy's probably going to shoot me, but he's like a John Wall. Like he's like a like, yeah. a, like a physical freak a, athlete a point that can that get out block. there and make, yeah, yeah, make yeah. plays, yeah. get big, get big blocks. Like I mean, you know, he really has a, a high potential. But I think his upside, though, I think is John Wall. Yeah. And John Wall is not, <laughs> you know, well, Steph, CP3, whoever else. Yeah, I mean, there's so. there's a space for John Wall on a championship level team. It's just yeah. it's just creating the the team around that player or him yeah. as a key component that especially that if you, you have a if you have a better attitude than John Wall does. Yeah, yeah. That's so, right. yeah. Any other comments here for the sports discussion? No. All right, I think that wraps it up for the '80s babies. Appreciate Adrian for coming in and being a featured guest. Thank you, thank you for having uh, me. Outlaw, as as always. Oh, you know, always. <laughs> peace and blessings. Peace, peace. <laughs>